Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Monster Ate the Pilot, the podcast hosted by me, Brandon. Um, it is Sunday night, so the podcast about my five songs I'm kind of obsessed with during the week. Also, the Springsteen song of the week. It's also where I just kind of ramble about what's going on in my life at the moment. Kind of my week in review, I guess. Um, I'll talk a little bit about sports, a little bit about music, a little bit about movies, I guess. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. I kind of just push record and go. Um, it is... Let's see, let's, let's let's do what I need to do. I'm available on Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, and Amazon. So if you get your podcast through there, or you know people who do, let them know about me, I guess. If you don't want to, you don't have to. If you suggest it and they say, no, nah, I don't want to listen to that, that's fine too. Don't push them. <laughs> yeah, so if you've tuned in, thank you so much. If it's your first time, um, excuse me, thank you. If it's not your first time and it's like your second time, thank you as well. Everybody gets a thank you. Anyway, it's Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all the deserving fathers out there, like my brothers Tom, Ryan, and Nathan, also to my old man. May he rest in peace. Yeah, I said, so happy Father's Day to them. Hopefully they had a good day. Hopefully they got all the socks and underwear a father could want from his children. That sound weird? Eh, whatever. Who cares? Let's keep moving. Yeah. I said deserving fathers. If you're not a deserving father, you, you kind of don't deserve a happy Father's Day, do you? You know, you don't. Because really, you know what I mean? It's like, you, you didn't do much. If you're a deadbeat dad, you you don't deserve it. You're not really a father. You're just the guy who got her pregnant. Like Carl Malone. I just read about that this week. I actually, had, I knew about the whole kind of scandal thing where he was, I think he was in that college where he got like a 13-year-old girl pregnant when he was 20. <laughs> I want to sweep that one under the rug. Um, I knew about that, but I didn't realize his that, that the kid from that relationship grew up to be an NFL player. He pl- played in the NFL for like six, seven years. I can't remember who he played for. I think the Jags, maybe? I can't remember now off the top of my head. And um, No, but when he was like 18, 19, he finally met Carl Malone. The kid did. And... Carl's uh, response to that was, yeah, it's too late. It's too late for us to have a relationship. Like, what a fucking dickhead. <laughs> now, to his, you know, slight credit, very the slimmest of credits here, he did change his tune, and now I guess they have a really do, they really do have a really close relationship. But yeah, but think about that. This It'd be one thing if he was just like a complete deadbeat, and like, you know, he in and out of prison, or he was just no good, or something like that, where, you know, he was like, you know, you sh- like it comes from like a a better place. Like, hey, you you don't want anything to do with me. I'm not a good person. I'm not somebody who can support you. Like, you know, really, you're better off not having me around. When you're a multi-millionaire like basketball player, uh, fuck off. You you should be making the goddamn time to support your kids, or just at least to get to know them. Like, fuck off with that. You don't get to say, oh no, it's too late. I want to go live on, like, keep living my life while you like, yeah, fuck off with that. But like I said, to his slimmest of credits, to the like smallest amounts of human decency he did make up and I guess they do have a really good relationship now so that's good though there is still that whole thing where she was 13 and he was 20 you know you've, I think I've already kind of made my thoughts on uh, pedophiles pretty clear not a fan uh, once again I'm not sponsored by anybody but I am drinking water so uh, water may be the not sponsor of the d- night so drink water it's actually Good advice. I actually gave you good advice there. Drink water. Man, I, you didn't think you were tuning into a health podcast, did you? Drink water. Drinking it out of my Bear Burger glass. God damn, I miss-
Yes, Bear Burger. I I really enjoyed working at Bear Burger. Um, they're still open. Um, there's one up here in Columbus still in the short north. They were a franchise. We were a, a uh, corporate store. So that's why they got to stay open during COVID. We did not because they have a different way of doing things. I don't know the whole franchise corporate thing. I just know I know very, very basic shit. Just like everything that I ever talk about. I know the basic facts of it. And by basic, I mean I probably have heard half the facts about the basicness of it. And I just kind of talk about it like I'm an expert when I'm not. I don't know anything. So don't take my advice outside of drink water. No, but I really didn't work, love working at Bear Burger. Most, it was so much fun, especially because I came from the overly corporate Red Lobster before that, and like, such it sucked so much at Red Lobster. It did. Like, if uh, I I wanted to quit there for nine months before I finally fucking quit, and I only worked there for like eleven. No, I worked there just over a year. I literally, I put my notice in a month in advance to make sure it was after my year because I was full time and they gave bonuses. I to make sure like I'm getting my fucking bonus for that for the shit I had to put up with there. Constantly not keep letting me make money. It was awful. Though, yeah, I mean, if you like Red Lobster food-wise, I mean, it was, it was alright food. I mean, it's not five-star dining like some people would come in think it's supposed to be. I'm like, it's fucking Red Lobster, dude. It's a corporate chain restaurant. Like, the fuck do you want? <laughs> or like, uh, some of the shit people would ask you to do with those live lobsters. Like, are you even fucking human? You want me to do that to an animal? Like a live animal. It's not so much like you're killing one and like cooking it or whatever and making it for a person right there. Like this thing was alive before you showed up and now it's dead because you came in, which is really kind of really fucking weird when you think about it. No, like some people, like this woman asked me to remove, like after we cooked it, to remove the eyes of the lobster because she didn't want to look at them. I'm like, uh, tough shit, you ordered it. Like I'm not doing that. You're not having me go back there and remove the eyes of an animal. After it's been, you know, obviously it's dead, so it's not like it's going to feel the pain, but, like, tough shit. Then I had this old lady who wanted me to put all the lobster meat into the blender so she could, because she couldn't, she didn't have, her teeth weren't strong enough to chew through it, or, like, her bite couldn't actually get through the meat that way, so she wanted me to put it in the blender. I'm like, no, that's disgusting. Like, why the fuck would I do that? It's so stupid. Like, if you can't do it, you can't do it. Just accept that fact. Go home and do that. Go buy a, a live lobster at fucking Kmart. Not fucking Kmart. <laughs> what is this, like 1998? Did they ever have live lobsters at Kmart? Uh, no, like Kroger or something like that, if they have them anywhere. And then go do it at home. Don't make me fucking do that. Because one, I'm never going to be able to use that fucking, that the thing I'd put for the blender, the uh, processor thing. I'd never be able to use that one again. I don't care how often I cleaned it. No. Because I know there's been lobster guts inside of it. Like, jeez, people are stupid, man. No, but Bear Burger, that was so much fun. You know, very health, like, it was kind of health conscious, or it was just, it was more conscious of ingredients. You know, it was still, at the end of the day, hamburgers. <laughs> so, we did have the Impossible Burger, which was really good. Also, not very healthy for you, but it was still really good. I mean, I always told people, if you knew, if, like, if I sat two burgers beside you and said, one's the Impossible, one's a regular, like, beef burger, you would tell the difference. But I think if I would have gave you an Impossible Burger without telling you, and I, you know, you, like say you ordered a beef burger and I gave you Impossible, you may not notice. Maybe texture-wise you'd pick it up, but I mean if you're just not paying attention, you're just kind of like watching the game, or you're just watching TV, or you're just kind of playing mostly with your phone while you're eating, I don't know if you'd notice. I really did like the Impossible. I also like the Beyond Burger, despite the fact that it smells like cat piss. 
Nah, and also loved everybody I worked with. Anna, Marina, Ryan, Robbie, Sonia, Oliver, George, especially George. I miss George. George is a good guy. Good, not just a good guy, a great guy. Beefcake George. I did like George. And I also love my manager, Nick. Good guy. Also, a, not just a good guy, a great guy. Uh, no, I think I, just, I think I had a dream about working at Bear Bear the other night. I miss that place, man. Yeah, it's now at TJ's Country Country Kitchen. Or I think it's what TJ's Country Kitchen. I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm rambling about whatever. Yeah, it's drink water. Oh, uh, I finally posted the podcast out for public listening, public consumption. So not just like the few friends I've been texting. Uh, so that means my mom has listened to the podcast. So I'm now living in existence where my mother has heard me say the C word. And uh, I'm still trying to process how that makes me feel. Because <laughs> it's, it's a little weird. Like I, she told me, uh, she's like, oh, I listened to the podcast. I'm like, okay. She's like, yeah, you curse a lot. That was her feedback was I curse a lot. Which I think to be fair, to be fair, um, I, I, I warned you. I warned you in introductions of sorts. And um, when I did post it like to my social medias, I even said, warning, I curse a lot. I, a lot. I even noticed when I listen, like, I'm cursing way too much. But, you know, it's just, I kind of get going and it just comes out. This is how I talk. But, yeah, I'm like, well, you know, just so you know, Mom, I say the C word in the uh, third episode. And she's like, oh, I listened to all of them. I was like, oh, boy. My mother heard me say that. That's a, that's that's an existence I got to live with now. You also had to hear me say what I was a, I'm a nice boy with a clean mouth. She had to hear me say that, too. <laughs> I still have no idea what the fuck that meant. That's so weird. So much a weird way to describe yourself. No, so yeah. Um, I'm getting some decent feedback from people who are listening and letting me know. Uh, one of my friends even said, I have a good voice and I have a good laugh for podcasts. So thank you for that. Didn't say a fucking word about the content, so um, hopefully they like that, too. If you don't, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, ultimately, like I said, constructive feedback's always welcome. My sister told me to start playing guitar at the end or beginning of episodes, but I think at that point I'd just be ripping off Mark Maron so much. It would be, uh, yeah, I think he could s- literally sue me at that point. <laughs> uh, especially when I start doing it, if I start doing, like, interviews slash, like, having guests on the show, it really might become, like, basically WTF. Like I said, that's, like, really the only podcast I had listened to enough to have an influence I mean, I listen to Bill Burr a little bit, but yeah. Other than that, like I said, I'll listen to some information informational podcasts, like Simon Whistler. Um, I did. St- I listened to half an episode, and I really liked it, and I didn't follow through with it. Uh, the Men and Blazers guy. Uh, was it Roger? Raj? I think yeah. I think it's the Men and Blazers guy, Raj. Uh, he was doing a Band of Brothers one since it's like the, it was like twenty year anniversary of Band of Brothers, and I listened like to half first episode. I'm like, this is awesome, and I just never went back to it. Like, I just don't listen to podcasts enough. Yeah, but so I listen to... It's always, like I said, it's always dependent on the fucking guest. And, um, you know, Mark Marin would interview comedians. And also Mark has that weird uh, uh, kind of working on it thing that I'm kind of doing as well. You know, he's been sober 20-some years. I have been sober 662 days. Congratulations to me. 662 days. Jesus Christ, Brandon. Good job. Really good fucking job. That's I don't know. I'm uh, proud of myself. I am proud of myself for that. 
I know, but like you know, he's been sober like twenty two years. He he has had like anger issues. I have anger issues. Um, there's a lot of similarities between us in terms of that, and like his whole thing's you know bringing on people that he's treated like shit over the years. I don't think I've ever got that bad where I just openly treated people like garbage. Um, I know I've I have had moments and um, with certain people where I've not been the best person to them. Uh. Yeah, I've, I've I've driven off a few friendships, I guess. Just being kind of, like I said, it always comes down to not dealing with my shit. And um, you know, I outwardly punish other people, or may, I just kind of push people I get close to away on those situations. And I don't know. Yeah, like I said, I've, I've worked on it. I've gotten much better. A lot of those people I have mended fences with. There's probably a couple I have not. And the way I acted to them, you know. They never have to mend the fence with me. Like I, I would not hold up against. I would not hold it against them if they didn't mend the fence with me, um, because you know, like I said, I, I, I could be. I can be fucking horrible to people sometimes. And I said I worked on it. Since I've started dealing with my shit, it happens way less often. So yeah, good for me. Therapy, you guys, get in the fucking therapy if you need it. If you have some shit that you went through, and you're not really sure how to unpack that shit, get in the therapy. Get with somebody who has learned how to deal with shit like this. Or, like I said, you don't even have to go find a therapist. Like, just talk to somebody. Like I said, I'm a good listener. Reach out to me. I'm, I'll always be glad to help. Like, legitimately, I, you know, it never fucking hurts me to help out people. I love helping people. It's so much fun. I mean, it's not fun when I have to hear, like, some horrible shit. I mean, I've heard some, over the years, especially as a bartender, you know, you hear some wild shit. Well, I was just talking about that the other day. I had a homeless guy who told me some fucked up stories. Like, I think he was full of shit. Like, he was telling, like, a story. I'm like, that's, isn't that, like, a plot from, like, I don't want to talk about it because it's really, like, kind of grotesque and, like, gross what he's talking about doing. I think grotesque and gross is the same word, Brandon. But, I don't know. Like, he was telling me, and I'm just like, isn't this a plot from, like, a revenge movie from the 70s? That's what it sounds like. It's like a grindhouse film. Um, called him, he called himself Teardrop Tom. He was an interesting cat, man. He only saw him, like, twice. Yeah, but he sat at the end of the bar, and he kept, like, anytime somebody would bring up, like, a, like basically their drink at the end of the night or something like that, he would, like, just grab it and pour it in his glass and drink. Like, I kept saying, hey, you can't fucking do that, pal. They just kept doing it. And then he drew me this little fucking thing. It was, like, a, almost like a tattoo design of, like, a dragon, like, two dragons, I don't, I can't, like, a three-headed, uh, what is that, a, um, well, Cerberus. And, like, the three-headed dog was, like, a dragon instead. And, um, yeah, he's like, this one's pain, this one's, oh, fuck, it was pain. Oh, I can't remember. Pain, misery, and death? Like, it was really fucking morbid and odd. He's like, it's pain, morbid, and death. I'm pain, which one are you? Like, asking me, I'm like, I don't want to be any of these teardrop, Tom. I have no interest in playing this game with you. And then he was kind of like roundabout way trying to invite himself to stay at my house. He said, well, I have no place to stay tonight. I'm like, there's a shelter not too far away. And he's like, well, you know, I don't like going to shelters. I'm like, you can't fucking stay with me, Teardrop Tom. You just told me some really morbid shit you did or some really gross stuff. And I don't know who you are. It's weird, man. I don't know. What was I talking about? I have no idea. I, woof, I got lost in that. Oh, helping people. <laughs> Yeah, helping people than turning away a guy from <laughs> telling him to go stay in a shelter instead. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, helping people. I've, I've always enjoyed helping people. Anyways, I went to Portsmouth this week because of the heat, and my electric was out. 
luckily when I came back, electric was on, and the, the apartment was nice and cool, man. I went down there. I saw a few friends I hadn't seen for a while. I went to Frankenstein's on Wednesday. Mona was working. I always love seeing Mona. Mona's just wonderful. She's probably the only reason I still go into Portsmouth when I'm actually down in town. If I'm not, like, literally going to visit a friend, if I'm just going to go out and, like, see, like, friends or something like that, always, like, there's no reason to do it if Mona wasn't at Stein's. Like, seriously. If you are in Portsmouth, go to Stein's. Uh, don't make her make a Bloody Mary because it takes her, like, 15 minutes to do <laughs> because she makes it a very specific way. And she's always busy, so it's like you're being an ass by ordering that stuff. But if you do, tip her appropriately. Because the guy beside me, his name was Kyle. I always thought he was a friend of my sister's, and it turns out he has no idea who my fucking sister is. <laughs> I always thought they went to school. I think I think maybe he dated somebody my sister went to school with, and that's why I thought they went to, went to school together. Or maybe he looked like um, one of my neighbor's cousins or something like that one of my neighbors Chase and Trevor um look like somebody used to come to his their house I don't know I was for some reason I thought he knew my sister and he had no idea who she was he just ended up being like kind of a guy who used to come to the pub quite a bit uh nah but man it was it was kind of cool that he ordered one but he tipped appropriately so tip appropriately and with Mona if you leave Steins with a dollar in your pocket give it to Mona she deserves it she's a wonderful person always love seeing her uh then I went Thursday to the pub, the old stomping grounds, ran into Corey, ran into Lauren. Within five minutes, Lauren had me in a mood because that son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, I love Lauren. Good dude. He's going to come on the podcast at some point. Um, not sure when. He might bump my sister and be the first guest for all I know. You know, my sister's got to get off her ass and get her up, get up here. You know, she's got to do all the work. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna help out at all because it's just not I'm not gonna help her out at all. I like how I just got done telling everybody how much I love helping people. Well, I'm not gonna help my sister. She's gonna do all the work here. She's gonna do the heavy lifting. I'm gonna have two microphones and I provided everything. You gotta bring your ass on up. Ah, <laughs> uh, nah, that should be fun though when my sister does come on. Like I said, she may not even be in first. So either it's going there's a three way race for the first guest on the podcast. It's gonna be my sister. Uh, Mr. Lauren, LL Cool K, or Rob Thomas. So, either of those three, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a surprise when it actually does happen, maybe. I don't know. Should be fun when we get there. Anyways, I guess I've been kind of just rambling on for like 20 minutes here. I don't even know what I've talked about so far. I think I talked about Carl Malone and pedophiles again. Man, I really do not like pedophiles. Call call me old-fashioned. <laughs> Anyway, let's get to song number one this week for the five songs I'm super into at the moment. It is Jackie Wilson's Your Love Keeps Lifting Me Higher and Higher. I love that fucking song so much. It came on, like I had my uh, playlist on like uh, Shuffle, and it came on. And every time I hear it, it's one of those songs that just gets you in a good mood every time you just kind of, you hear, like guitar. As soon as that guitar kicks in, I get a smile on my face. It doesn't matter how bad of a fucking mood I'm in. As soon as that uh, comes on, I, I'm always in a good mood. I always get like a cool smile. Um, I'm really, I, I love that fucking song. And not just that, it's the, um, it's the bass line. Boom, 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 I don't know. I don't know how to do the fucking bass with fucking mouth, whatever. <laughs> uh, but then the guitar comes in and like I said, Jackie sings it so well. Is Jackie still alive? I don't think he is, sadly. Let's see. Internet, tell me. 
Yeah, died in 1984, age 49. Oh, not long enough. He was not on this earth long enough. How'd he die? Illness. Oh, man. Man, I, I love Jackie. He's great. I, I love his voice. I love that song so much. I think most people would know it from Ghostbusters when they're uh, in the Statue of Liberty. Your love keeps lifting me higher and higher, man. Uh, Bruce does a great version of that, too. You can find that on Spotify, I think. One of the live series. Um, I can't remember. I think they call it Under the Covers or something like that. I think it's Volume 1, if I'm thinking correctly. I, I fucking I love that song. Every Like I said, every time I hear it, it's like that song. Another song I can think of like that is uh, Joe Purdy's um, Wash Away. That's another song. Every time I hear it, I just get a good, I just get a, like a, a smile across my face. I just kind of get in a good mood, man. Being like just deep in the shits and um, hear that. And I'm just kind of like, you know what? It's not that bad. And uh, yeah, Washed Away is another one. Speaking of Washed Away, that was in episode 6 of season 1 of Lost, if I'm thinking right, House of the Rising Sun. Oh, let's see. Pilot, pilot. Tabula Rasa, Walkabout, White Rabbit. Yeah, House of the Rising Sun. Should have been number 6. God, I'm such a Lost nerd. <laughs> Speaking of Lost, uh, when I posted the... Uh, what you would call it? the podcast to social media one of the old barracks members uh, the barracks was a, a forum that was created for lost the tv show that I was a part of and um one of the guys from there uh commented on the podcast asking about talk about lost i'll talk about lost in detail at some point i might even talk about it a little bit tonight and uh, we went back and forth like some of the old crackpot theories of like it's all hurley's dream or it was all purgatory the whole time or uh we didn't go into, like, the really crazy ones. Fuck, I mean, there was, like... Uh, they're on the back... Like, the Isla moves because it's on the back of a turtle. Like, it, oh God, there was some really wild shit out there, man. Lost was so much fun. Like, for me, it was, like, the birth of... This was back when memes were kind of funny. So it was, like, the birth of memes for me. It was the birth of the internet for me, really. That was, like, the first time I ever got, like, on the internet quite a bit. Got onto message boards. Um, The barracks was born because people would spoil the shit out of the show. And, oh, it's the worst. Uh, but yeah, it, it was fun. We had quite a community. I think it. I think the board actually finally just died. We had like three different boards because like we used to have Zeta boards, which that died six, seven years ago. Then we had another one which wasn't great. Then the one after that, I can't remember. I think Zeta boards was the new. I can't remember anymore, man. Whatever. Inside baseball. But yeah, I I love talking about Lost way back in the day. Like it was cool. It's cool. Like, yeah. There were some really, really good people that was on there. All over the world. Like, New Zealanders, Australians, English, Scottish, um, Canadians. People from Michigan, even. Michigan. Uh, nah. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah, then somebody took my purgatory comment. It's literal. <laughs> Which, you know, it's like, the worst part whenever somebody doesn't get the joke is explaining the joke. So it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's fine. It made for me. It made it funnier because then I could start posting Lost quotes. <laughs> I don't know. I loved Lost, man. Like I said, that was the first show I watched. That was like the I was aware of how great something was, and it changed how I viewed things. It's like that for video games. It was the first Bioshock. Um, let's see, first movies like that. I mean, there was like Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings was like different because I was also like it was great because. 
it was like this huge adventure, fantasy adventure, and I was like 11, 12, 13, they were coming out. So it was, you know, I'm not sure whether I was aware of how great the films actually were, whether I was just like, you know, a kid, just mind-blown about Legolas doing a fucking uh, kickflip down a fucking elephant's tusk, which I fucking hate that part so much now. <laughs> like, all the movies, I hate that part so much. Like, I don't like it. I hate it. I think it's so stupid. It doesn't look good. It's so ridiculous and just action-y and bullshit. I, I don't like that part at all. I like, you know, I'm not disparaging the movies. I fucking love Lord of the Rings. All three movies. I love them. I actually sat down probably about uh, six months ago and watched all three extended cuts in one day. Yeah. Like, it was it was cool. Like, you know, I wasn't like sit there and just like intensely watching, but I had them all on and I watched them all in one day. So it was fun. No, it's like, I guess maybe that was first. I don't know. I just remember when I watched The Departed. That was, like, the first time I watched something. I'm like, I've got to watch that again, like, now. And, like, every time, like, the next day, I think I watched American Gangster with Denzel. And I'm like, I want to watch The Departed instead again. <laughs> I don't know movies were better before that. But, yeah, Lost was the first show I watched that was like, yeah, this is. It debuted on my birthday, 2014. My 14th birthday. Oh, my God. I'm 31 now. 17 years ago, man. 18 years ago this year. Jesus. Lost, man. Matthew Fox. I guess Matthew Fox is going to be in a new show. He hasn't been around for a while. No, but yeah, I can name all the episodes. I used to be able to. No, but I'll go into some deep dive of Lost sometime and really talk about the nerd shit that we came up with on the internet. Uh. Oh, actually, I have a note here. I have to apologize to American Aquarium because I did not pronounce the name of their record correctly. It's not Chica Kamiko, it's Chica Makamiko. Chica Makamiko. All one word. A great record. Like, and what pisses me off is that I knew the name of the record. I had the record sitting right beside me when I was saying it last week, and I was saying it wrong. And I didn't catch it until I was re-listening to it. And um, the first song is called Chica Makamiko. And, um, I, th I don't think I'm saying it right still, but, you know, whatever. Uh, and so, yeah, like I said, really good record. Check them out. If you've never heard of American Aquarium, if you're kind of into that kind of rock and roll, outlaw, uh, country, um, just good, like, just good songwriting, good music. Like, I don't know, man. They're, they're hard to pin down. You don't want to call them country because they're nothing like what you hear in country music now. Um, but they're not quite rock and roll. I mean, they're all, they're like in the middle of so many different things. They're very, like, much like Lucero, uh, Drive-By Truckers, uh, bands like that. So, like, yeah, if you haven't checked them out, check them out. Like I said, their new record's really good. And, like I said, they just get better and better, man. Can't wait to see them live in September. Um, yeah, so apologies to them. I said their fucking name wrong. The thing was, I, like, watched a video of him saying it just to make sure I was saying it right. Listen to the song to make sure I was going to say it right. And then still said it wrong. It's not even that I mispronounced it. I didn't even I missed out a fucking syllable in the middle of it. So my bad. Anyway, song number two, uh, Idols. Never fight a man with a perm. Me and the guy who cuts my hair, Nick, were talking about Idols the other day. And like made me want to get in a kick. And this is the song we were talking about because I, I was talking like, you know, I had heard I kind of had heard a little bit of Idols, but I'd never listened to them. And then I was like on the internet one night watching YouTube videos, and next video up was Idols "Never Fight a Man with a Perm" live at Glastonbury. And 
and it's like the opening guitar and I was like okay what's this and then it's like the driving of the drums and the uh, bass line like the driving drums and bass the rhythm part of that I'm like this is interesting and then Joe uh, is it Talbot singer he comes in with that just hoarse yell and I'm like holy shit this band's good those are really good like I, I had the same type of like I had the same reaction listening to Idols for the first time as I did when I listened to Run the Jewels for the first time and when I like went back after you know years of never you know because uh, Rage Against the Machine because um, when I first heard Rage Against the Machine I was like eight or nine years old when Battle of Los Angeles came out and um, I you know I'm eight or nine I don't understand what the fuck Rage Against the Machine's talking about. I have no idea what any of this means. I don't know what Sleep Now in the Fire means. I don't get what this music video is talking about. <laughs> you know, I'm eight or nine. What the fuck is Wall Street? Like, who? who I don't get this. What's Michael Moore? <laughs> no, so that when I came back to him, that's like, even then though. Uh, Bulls, not Bulls on Parade. Uh, Gorilla Radio was a really cool track back then. Even when I was like eight or nine, I'm like, this song's really cool. Uh, but no, when I came back to Rage Against the Machine, probably I was like fourteen, fifteen. Um. That's when I was like, oh, shit, this band's cool. And the same thing with Idols. Like I said, Idols run their jewels um, and uh, Rage Against the Machine. I had the same feeling about listening to all three of those. Like, oh, shit, this matters. This, this, These are type, these are musicians or these are music groups, bands that matter. You know, that's like the old saying about The Clash, the only band that matters. Like, they have that same type of energy about them. Like, you know. There's no wasted energy here. This, this, like, we have something to say, and we're gonna fucking say it. I love Run the Jewels. I love Idols. I love uh, Rage Against Me. I love all three of those fucking bands, man. Ugh, no, but fuck. Like, Idols never fight a man with perm. Song about toxic masculinity, and it's a very heavy, hard ass song about how stupid it is to be toxic and like overly toxic masculine. Uh, overly toxic masculinity. I don't know how to fucking say that. You know, and like I said, it's it's intense. Oh, they're so good. Like all, and also all five of the band members are wildly charismatic players. Like you have both guitar players who are just wild. Like one's either in fucking spandex or his goddamn underwear by the end of the show. You got the other one who's just like just flying around the fucking stage. You've never seen their Tiny Desk concert in PR. It is worth it because when I saw they did Tiny Desk, I'm like, how the fuck does this work with their sound? And it is one of the better Tiny Desks. Um, I do like those. I know Restorations did one years ago, which hardly anybody watched. That's why i fucking so mad. Restorations are, are such a good band. They're so fucking good. Why is nobody listening to them? They haven't made anything for a few years. I think they're making a new record, which, oh, makes me so happy. Restorations are so good. Like, they're another one of those bands. They're not, like, the same vein as, like, Idols or, like, the other two, uh, Rage and uh, RTJ, but... Very rarely do I listen to a band and immediately go, I have to listen to everything right now. Like, even, like, uh, some of my favorite bands, Hold Steady, uh, even a little bit of Lucero, um, Drive-By Truckers, uh, even Bruce, to a certain extent, Gaslight Anthem, um, all those bands that I, I fucking hold near and dear to my heart. Um, I usually, I listen to a few songs, and then I went back later and listened to them. And, like, really got into them. Maybe like six months down the road, maybe a couple years down the road. Like even like Drive-By Truckers case. Like, you know, I started listening to them in 2008, 2009 uh, when I was like 18, 19. But I didn't really get into them until like 2011, 2012. Um, probably 2013. probably after Southeastern from Isabel when I decided to go back and really listen to Drive-By Truckers. Whatever. Um, no, but like when Restorations hit, it was right before LP3. 
and separate songs came on. And it was one that just, I'm like, I've got to listen to everything this band has to offer right now. Very few bands do that for me. And Restorations was one of them. Um, out of Philly. Good dudes. I've seen them live a few times. So I'm at the, I think it's the Big Bar up here in Columbus. And I saw them at Double Happiness, where the Dirty Nil opened for them. Dirty Nil's really cool, too. They're just like, their sound is great. They have a great fucking sound. They know what they want to do. Um, and they know how to achieve the sound they want to do that, too. Because, you know, you have those bands where they just don't get the right producer, they don't have the right room that they're recording in. These guys know exactly how to tune everything right up, and it's 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 awesome. I fucking love. Because I'd never heard of it when I went to Double Happiness, and they were there, and Cinnamon was the first song they played, and that song's fucking badass. They're really good. They're a straightforward rock group from Canada. Good dudes. Always good dudes from Canada. Oh, man. No, but yeah, if you've never checked out Dirty Nell or Idols or Restorations or any of the bands I just kind of randomly talked about, get on that. Yeah, get on them. They're, they're all really cool. Uh, anyway. Where are we at? That's only two songs. Half hour and two songs. Jesus, Brandon, let's get it going. Uh, song number three. Um, if you've never heard her, like, another one. you got to get out there and find her. Laura Stevenson. She used to play, I think she played bass for Bomb the Music Industry in like 2008. Jeez, 2008 for Bomb the Music Industry? Get the fuck out of here. Uh, no, she she makes really wonderful solo music. Like, I think 2019, The Big Freeze. And then last year she released a self-titled one after she became a mother. Uh, so congratulations to her. Laura Stevenson's great. If you've never listened to her, really go out and find her stuff. She's she's great. She has another, also another really good um, Tiny Desk concert. She's like six months pregnant when she does it. She has a violin with it, and she plays uh, this song, the song I'm about to name, and a couple other ones, and it's so beautiful. I love Laura Stevenson. Uh, but the song I'm picking is from The Big Freeze. It's called Living Room New York, and it's just a really beautiful song. It was the first song I ever heard by her from her solo stuff, and it was... Um, it's kind of str- a little bit straightforward, but then it has like a really nice outro. Really, it's just, it's a really pretty song. It's a really sweet song. It's, it's like a really song to kind of, I don't know, it might be a little bit more of a winter track, like late fall, winter. But I'm, you know, I know it came on the other day when I was doing a shuffle when I was like, fuck, I love this song. No, but if you haven't checked out Lord Stevens, I, I legit, she may have made two of the last four years of my records of the year, which I'd actually have to look. She might have two of them. She might legitimately have two of them. She has two outstanding records, her last two. Like I said, The Big Freeze and a self-titled one, Laura Stevenson. Yeah, so check her out. Yeah, Living Room New York. That song's great. If you haven't listened to it, go find it. Available on everything. (laughs) My fucking chair is creaking and it's driving me crazy. I don't know if you can hear it or not. Oh, man, where am I? Oh. oh, excuse me, man. Liverpool sign, uh, signed Calvin Ramsey today. So, good congratulations to that kid. Eighteen years of age, eighteen years old, moving to Liverpool from Scotland, Aberdeen. Good for him, man. Imagine doing that, like being eighteen, nineteen years old, and get to move to one of the greatest jobs in the world for you, like. One of your dream, like, it would be like your dream job. You know what I mean? That's incredible. Good for him. I'm not sure how much he's going to play this year because obviously, being 18, also we have the best right back in the world already in Trent Alexander Arnold. So I'm not sure how much he's going to play. 
but good for him. Also, we re-signed uh, Jay Spearing to be a coach at the academy level, and he's also going to play a little bit down there. So maybe he gets a cup game. That'd be really cool. Uh, Jay Spearing, man. He used to be like the typical, or he used to be what you'd think of when you talked about the diminishing uh, quality of the academy. No offense to him. He just wasn't Liverpool quality overall in terms of his play. You know, he went on played in the championship for a few years. Maybe a little bit league one, too. And um, now he's back coaching. So hopefully he's good job there. Congratulations getting back to the club, man. And uh, I know it's now also official that Sadio Mane has officially moved to Bayern Munich. God, I'm going to miss Sadio. Great, you know, great player, great guy. And it's great guy first and great player second. He's a, a tremendous human being. Uh, I'm going to miss him playing for Liverpool. But, you know, I, I think I said it last week, onwards, upwards, no players bigger than the club. So, I, you know, we've just got Darwin Nunez. Um, Luis Diaz looks like he's going to be a fucking megastar for us. So, also, yeah, like I said, Saudi's in the right to do whatever he wants. And, you know, more power to him. Hopefully he's very successful at Bayern. I hope he wins some titles. I hope he scores a lot of goals. Hopefully we just never play him in the Champions League and we have to beat him, you know. So, yeah, it's so good for him. I will miss watching him play for Liverpool, but you know, I'm you know, don't cry that it don't cry that it's over, cry that it happened or be happy that it happened. I don't know how that saying fucking goes, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, man. Yeah, but when I was in Portsmouth, I watched the uh first game of the Stanley Cup Finals and one of game 1 that was. Not so much game 2, which was great in different ways because of such a fucking blowout. But game one was a great game. Game two was seven fucking zero to the Avalanche. The Avalanche are really good at this hockey thing. Like really good, excellent. And like to do a seven zero to the back to back defending Stanley Cup champions is absolutely incredible. I still think it goes seven. I still think it does. But that fucking defenseman, uh, the Avalanche has scored two goals in uh, the third period. What's his name? Is it Cat? Kale? Kale Macker? Macar? I don't know how this... Who knows? Um, I just hit the piano. Um, he's... What was he, like, 23? I know, they talking Bobby Orr. That's, that's, a, that's a big fucking shoot, uh, skates to fill. I said, say, Bobby Orr, man, number four Bobby Orr. Greatest hockey player ever. N I, nah, nah. Don't, don't at me with no Gretzky. Don't at me with no McDavid or Crosby. It's Bobby Orr, number four, is the greatest hockey player who's ever lived. <laughs> oh, back to the song list. Um, number four. Um, I just watched the Norm Donald thing. I didn't watch the special, uh, part of it, like where Norm's actually doing stuff. Cause I don't know if I'm ready to watch the last of Norm McDonald. It it still it still really bums me out that we no longer have Norm. Cause I I fucking I adored Norm so much. Like the fucking, the more I learn about this Hitler guy, the less I like him. <laughs> Oh, the fucking moth joke, his late night appearances, just everything. Like, the ability to take a joke that he thinks is funny, and if you don't laugh at it, that's your fucking problem. He's going to continue to do his bit. Like, his mastery of language, his mastery of facial expressions, timing. Like, oh, man, and he was so unique. There's nobody like Norm. Nobody. Like, oh, man. And he tells that fucking stupid joke on Conan. Like, he takes you, like, in a five-minute story to get to a really bad dolphin pun. 
Like, that's the whole joke, is to get to this really bad dolphin pun. So the joke is that I'm wasting your time. And he's got, like, this fucking childish grin on his face. And it's wonderful. And, you know, people start cheering, and Conan starts screaming at the crowd about, don't cheer this, don't encourage this. <laughs> Conan was the per- like, so perfect with uh, Norm. He was always perfect with Norm. And uh, then Andy Richter, it's like, that's like saying, hey, uh, I got something cool to show you, then taking somebody on a five-mile hike to show him a dog turd. <laughs> I just remember Norm fell out of his seat laughing. Because uh, Norm loved comedy, too. Like, you know, God, rest in peace, Norm. I loved it. But um, at the end of that, they had uh, Chappelle. They had Conan. They had Molly Shannon. And they had David Spade, David Letterman, and An- Adam Sandler kind of just talking about Norm. And it was really cool just kind of the reverence people held Norm in just in the comedy circle. And just in general, I guess anybody really met him. Um but at the end, they played Old Chunk of Coal by uh, Billy Joe Shaver, which is a really cool song. But there's a song that Norm, I wish they would have played instead, which I, I do love Old Chunk of Coal, which that's how uh, Norm would have referred to himself all the time. Um, but no, there's another Billy Joe Shaver song, which I think he puts at the beginning of his book, his uh, his fake-ass autobiography that he wrote, where the whole thing's bullshit. <laughs> No, but there's a Billy Joe Saver song that he quotes, and it's uh, "Live Forever," and ah, oh, man, I love that song. It's so it's a it's a really cool song. I'm gonna live forever. I'm gonna cross that river. I'm gonna catch tomorrow. Now, you're gonna want to hold me, just like you always told you. You're gonna miss me when I'm gone. And uh, oh man, I do miss Norm. Ah oh, man, just like an emotional guy. See, that's what they talked about on. After the uh, special, they talked about how, like, there's because he didn't tell anybody he was sick. Like, his his immediate family knew, and that's basically it. His agent knew, and his immediate family knew. Like, none, none of those people who considered him close friends knew that he was really sick. But they said, like, there's things that they look back now on, and they realize, like, oh, that's why he was like this, or something like that. Like, David Spade talked about Norm would constantly, like, make plans to go to dinner with him and then cancel or just not show up or, you know, it's kind of whatever. So he always thought he was just doing, a, like, he was just, like, giving him shit or just kind of, like, uh, uh, not hazing, razzing on him and stuff like that. And um, now you realize, like, maybe he was just too much pain to do it or something like that. And, like, you no, know, I'm getting pissed off at him. And now I realize, like, oh, man, now that's probably why he was canceling on me or something like that. And uh, Sandler talked about, you know, there's points where, like, he talked about how much he just, because they went on, like, a big tour together, like a stand-up thing. And uh, he said, like, Norm would get really emotional randomly and talk about how great everything was. Like, great that he was on this tour with him. And, like, he would choke up and stuff like that all the time. And they always kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great to see Norm. But it's a little odd. But now he realized, because Norm didn't know how much longer he was going to be able to go. And, man, I fucking love Norm. Rest in peace, my friend. I think I said my friend as if I knew him. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know, man. No, but that Billy Joe Shaver song, Live Forever, I, I really like that song. It's one of those that catches you in the right way. You'll, you'll shed a tear. You'll shed a tear, too. I love those old outlaw guys like Chris Christopherson, Billy Joe Shaver, Jerry Jeff Walker, like any dude who played country music with three names. Like, those guys are all great. Todd Snyder's great, too, which he's not really an outlaw, he's not an outlaw country guy. He's a folk guy, but like all those storyteller types. Um, yeah, Todd Snyder's a great one. 
James McMur- McMurtry. I always forget how to say his last name. He's really cool, too. He has a song called Ruby and Carlos. That is, brings the tears to your eyes. Big drink. Oh, man. What else is going on in the life of Brandon? I don't know. I guess we can just move into song number five. Song number five is kind of a conglomerate of three songs. It's like, I guess it's the culmination of like 15 years of music and a minute and a half song. And like literally like a 95 second song. Um, The Weaker Thans were this really cool Canadian band from like the early to like maybe the late, I think they were like really active. Maybe they were like 97 at the earliest, 97, 98, but they only went to like 2007. Um, But they had a song on Left and, yeah, Left and Leaving. Yeah, Left and Leaving about the singer John K. Sampson, his cat named Vertute. And Vertute, the whole song is from Vertute's, uh, it's a plea from a cat named Vertute. And the song is about, through the eyes of the cat, um, basically telling John to get off his ass and like, you know, you know, he's kind of moping around. He's not doing anything. He's neglecting like just himself. Like, you know, hey, like, you know, like this cat trying to drag him out of, you know, kind of a bad time in his life. And, you know, it's, I love that song. A plea from a cat named for Tute. But then, you know, like just, you know, I swear I'm going to bite your heart and taste your titty blood. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't stop the self-defeating lies that you've been peeing since the day you brought me home, because I know you're strong. Yeah, I oh man, I, I love that song. Yeah, but it's like all about trying to get him out of it, and then like, you know, the cat's trying to drag him out of it, and then, is it Reconstruction? No. Is it Reconstruction? I can't remember when the next song is, but it's, I think it's 2007. I think it's a Reconstruction site. No, it's not. Reunion Tour? I can't fucking remember now what the name of the record is. But he has another one that says, Vertute the Cat Explains Her Departure. And the song's all about how, you know, John has been neglecting himself, but the cat's obviously the metaphor. And that, you know, if you're not going to take care of me, I'm I'm out of here. And it's all about Vertute the Cat running away and never coming back. Um, I can't remember the sound that you found for me, which is a beautiful line from the idea that it's from a cat because it's you know not the name it's the sound really that I respond to um but yeah it's a beautiful song and it's all about how like I said the cat running away because if you're not going to take care of yourself I'm not here to take care of you you know and I'll just move on but then John released a solo record I think it's 2015 Winter Wheat which is a great record Winter Wheat uh 17th Street Treatment Center and the fifth song of the week Bertute at Rest, which is the closer. 95 seconds. I think I've only listened to it three times because I, I break down every time I listen to it because it's so beautiful. Um, and also, like I said, so many things connect with me differently now that I've been through some of the shit I put myself through and now I've come out the other side. But Bertute at Rest, like I said, 95 seconds long. And it's all about, you know, Vertute kind of reaching out from the other side or just from wherever he's at now, wherever that fucking cat got to, just to kind of put uh, John's mind at ease. And um, there's one lyric in particular that hopefully I can say it without kind of choking. Um, it's it's one that uh, 
I think everybody can identify with with somebody that is no longer with them or anything like that, and maybe you didn't leave things on the best of terms, or maybe obviously you didn't get to say everything you wanted to say, and I don't know, but the uh, lyric is, you should know that I'm with you, know I forgive you, and know that I'm proud of the steps that you've made, and uh, that's, that's, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> Jesus, uh, that's such a beautiful line. Um, I think we all can identify with that. It's just that thing you want to hear from certain people that you can't hear anymore. And, uh, man, I fucking love that line. Yeah, so Ratute the cat. Wherever you ended up, I hope you, uh, I don't know, scrapped with the ferals and the tabbies and all that fun stuff. And Oh, man. Yeah, that's a... Oh, that was good. I, I fucking love that song. Like I said, I've only listened to it like three times because I, I don't think I could listen to it all the time. I'd just be a blubbering mess most days. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm a mess most days anyways. But, you know, I, I figure shit out. I'm figuring shit out. Uh, oh, man. Anyway, like I said, it was Father's Day today. I said, never the easiest day. Like I said, happy Father's Day to you if you deserve it. Um, like I said, man, it's... I don't know. I don't know what else to say about Father's Day. I know I talked about my father in the last one and... Dealing with how it all went and the fun stuff, which I still unpack in therapy, and I guess on you guys <laughs> and gals and individuals. Oh, how long has this been going on? Oh man, we're about fifty minutes in. Geez, felt like I've been talking like five minutes. I don't know what I've talked about really. Even I don't know. I guess we can just jump right to the Springsteen song of the week, and I'll let you go. Uh, with it being Father's Day, I picked one. I, I kind of went back and forth on which one I should pick. I thought maybe I should, you know, I should pick one, or at least I should put song on, like, the five songs a week that's kind of, like, from a son to his father or from, you know, a daughter to her father or something like that. But, I don't know. I ended up picking one that's more from a father to his son or to his child. Uh, I always like connecting this song with Stolen Car. I always think, like, those songs connect so well, even though they're, like, 15 years apart, 14 years apart. It's off 1992's Lucky Town. It is uh, Living Proof. Living Proof is the Springsteen song of the week off uh, Lucky Town. Like I said, 1992, which was when he released two records that year. Uh, no, but I always love that song because it's it's a it's really because I connect it with Stolen Car. Because if you've never heard Stolen Car, um, there's even more backstory. I can go into Bruce on this one, um, just because. I get you know, Bruce and I are similar in terms of our depression issues. Like, we're kind of isolated depressionists, I guess is kind of the, the phrase which I just learned about. Hold on. And I guess he used to have these, like, he got into a bad headspace one time, and he was, like, just driving in Freehold, New Jersey, up, like, continuously driving by his dad's house all the time. And um, 
this is like kind of if you ever look into my father's house by Springsteen, this is kind of the explanation behind it. He found out when he started going to therapy, like basically what he was doing, constantly going like driving by his dad's house was he's he's yearning to go back to fix things that he can't fix anymore, and like you know that's causing his issues. I was like, wow, that's true. I do the same thing. I do the same thing all the time. Like I would drive, like if I fuck something up friendship wise or just in life in general, I I would go drive by all the time. Like is, is there something I can is there any way I can just drive into a portal or something that could take me back to a point where I can fix everything? And obviously you fucking can't. You just got to try to move forward, be better from it. And um, I don't know. But yeah, I always connect living proof with um, a stolen car because a stolen car, it's all about a guy who's unsure about what he's doing with his life moving forward, whether he's made all the right choices and like he's really kind of unsure of everything. It's one of his saddest songs, and it's also got that fucking line, like the letters verse, which I can talk for days about, but I won't, not on this one, because I'm supposed to be talking about Living Proof. But the way I connect them, because Living Proof is the moment whenever that guy has his, has his first child, his son, and um, he realizes everything in his life has been leading up to the moment where he's supposed to be this, this child's father. Everything in his life has led him to this moment, and now all the bullshit that's led up to it doesn't matter. Because the the child in front of him is the only thing that matters. And that's what a real father fucking is. It's somebody who whenever they have their child or they have somebody they're going to have to take care of, they immediately realize their priority, number one. Not myself, not me, them. And that, to me, is what like, kind of a real father is. And I said, what's the saying I may have said earlier? You know, any jackass can get a girl pregnant, but to be a real father, real father, it takes talent. Uh, and, like, I always liked the lyric in there. In his mother's arms, it was all the beauty I could take. Like the missing, like the missing words of some prayer, a prayer I could never make. That I, I, I love that line. Like, yep, like that's because that's probably the best way to describe your child. It's like this is so far beyond anything I could ever ask anybody to give me, let alone fucking God. Ooh, excuse me. In a world so hard and dirty, so fouled and confused, searching for a little bit, little bit of God's mercy, I found living proof. And, like, yeah, like, that's probably the best line that you can probably say to a kid. Like, you're the living proof of my existence. Or not just my existence, just, like, my purpose in life. You're living proof of my purpose in my entire life. And, like I said, I think that's what a real father is. Somebody who realizes that, you know, once they have that kid, what they want is secondary. It's all about taking care of that child and pushing them forward. Like... When you decide to have that child, that's kind of what it is. I don't know. What, what, then again, what the fuck do I know? I don't have kids. I don't have kids. Why are you listening to me? Because, I don't know. Yeah, at the same time, I think, I think I'm right. I think I'm right. Maybe when I have a kid, I'll be like, you know what? Nah, this little shit, he, he's not priority number one. He's not, you mean I have to sell my amp to buy baby formula? Get that shit out of here. I love this amp. My guitars? Nah, I love my guitars more than this kid. Ugh. <laughs> uh. I don't know. I've rambled on tonight. 55 minutes in, I guess. I guess I'll let you go. Um, yeah, hopefully you're enjoying it. If you are, share, like, subscribe. Um, I guess you're allowed to donate to me, but I prefer you don't. Don't give me money if you don't have to. Especially like right now with the world being so weird and so much uncertainty about how the economy is going. Don't, don't, yeah, save your extra money. Don't spare it on me, man. Unless you want to. <laughs> Like I said, Stitcher, uh, Radio Public, Spotify, 
and Amazon is where you can find me, share, all that fun stuff. If you uh, like what you're hearing, let me know. If you don't if you don't like certain things about it, let me know. Like I said, I think this will be the last week I do Springsteen Song of the Week on Sunday. I think starting not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, I'll move that to when I do the Springsteen Song of the Week because it's kind of weird, right? It's weird that I do five songs that I'm obsessed with and then finish that and do, now here's another song I'm obsessed with. So it's really like six songs, just one has to be a Springsteen song. It's kind of redundant and weird. I don't know, I'm rambling again. I get so rambly at the end of episodes. It's like, I don't want you guys to go. Anyways, if you have enjoyed listening, let me know. If you haven't, like I said, I don't know, keep it to yourself or keep it constructive when you tell me about it. I don't care. Um, yeah, so, like I said, I'll check in on Wednesday. I don't know where else to go. I guess um, have a good night. Thank you for tuning in again. Um, yeah, see you later. I hope. Uh, oh, yeah, if you ever want to be a guest, let me know. I'll be glad to have anybody on the podcast. Like I said, you'll be fourth. I have three lined up right now, I think. At least three. I'll have to fucking look into it. But anyways, like I said, if you want to be a guest, let me know. If you don't, that's fine, too. You don't have to come on here if you don't want to. You don't even have to listen if you don't want to. You're not forced to do anything. Do whatever you want. As long as you don't hurt anybody, that's fine. Don't be a pedophile. This has been Brandon. This has been Monster Hate the Pilot. Why do I talk about... Uh, it's so stupid. Whatever. Um, yeah, this has been Brandon. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have, uh, see you next time. See you on Wednesday. Have a good night. <laughs>